Say It All with Anchor, Spotify's free podcasting platform, the easiest way to create, distribute, and monetize your show. Go to anchor.fm. And a very pleasant Tuesday evening to you folks. This is Giving the Points back for edition number six. We are already almost halfway through the college football season. You know, before we go into recap week five's action, Odell, give me a little uh, little hint on what happened to you at the felt. You uh, were kind of throwing some pictures to your uh, group chat here, some, some stacked chips give us a little info oh it was a it was uh, you know i'll just be honest with you jeff i was just hanging w's all over the weekend i mean i should just carry around a big banner i need to hire some girls to walk around just holding up a w just sign behind me because i sit down at the felt on friday i told the wife i was gonna spend a little extra time because i didn't think it was gonna get a whole lot of time in on saturday and i walked out of there 3600 bucks up on a on a friday night um bag was a little bit heavier when I rolled out than it was when I got there. And then I got a rain delay uh, cancellation on Saturday on the soccer game and got to roll in Saturday and won me another four or $500. So how about have a four grand weekend at the poker table, just lighting Damn. it up all over the place. Okay. So, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And uh, I don't know if that was the uh, aftershock of hurricane Ian that came your way, but uh, yep. yeah, you get to the poker room yep. because of a little rain. So Ain't nothing wrong with that. So um, give me your three top reactions of college football week five. What happened? You know, everyone's beatable. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they all can be beaten. We've seen that. that We've seen them beat in a half. We've seen them at some point in a game start to struggle that other coaches are going to pick up on. Um, So I think that's really, really important point to point out after after five games the other is kansas and syracuse are five and oh that's a goddamn october miracle right there if, if <laughs> i would have told you at the beginning of the season hey uh come october 5th 4th 6th 8th whatever it is will be next weekend uh syracuse and kansas are going to be five and oh we would have lost our houses because we, we would have been against that right and then the last is People in Wisconsin and Wisconsin take their football team way more seriously than the rest of us. Um, they just fired a, a five-year tenured coach that had a 70% win rate trying to get themselves to a, uh, a playoff game. So that's, that's not going to hold up well for them in the long run. So that, those are the three things that I really took away from the weekend. How about you? Yeah, I was shocked, and, and I'm going to just feed off of your Paul Christ Wisconsin departure you know, he you know, had a bad start to this year going two and three, 67 and 26 overall during his tenure there. Yeah. Um, I was very, I was, this is my note to myself. I was surprised, yet I'm not surprised after the slow start, including, I want to say it was a Washington State home loss um, a few weeks yeah. back. So, you know, they're, they're, they're letting coaches go left and right in the middle of the season. He was due a 16.4 million extension or a buyout rather uh, for an extension he signed last year. So uh, they're willing to part for millions of dollars if they want instant gratification at head coach. Yeah. So 
I'm glad we talked about this because this kind of made our decision easy for this week's The List. Um, Speaking of coaches, you know, we talk about our favorite coaches um, currently, but most importantly of all time that we enjoy in the college ranks. So we figure we do our top five college coaches of all time, not necessarily on success, but just the way they play, um, the spirit they bring to their back, the sideline. So let's go ahead and start with number five for you. Who is your fifth favorite college coach of all time? Number five, Jimmy Johnson. And he was a win- he was a winner. Yeah, I mean, yes, he sure. had thugs and he had criminals, but if you go back and you look at college football before Miami, he changed the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got to go with Jimmy Johnson. And what a head of hair on that dude! I, I don't yes. know if it's good it's, lettuce. It's, it's a nice look, and it's like over time, it's gotten like a fine bottle of wine, man. It's just crazy. <laughs> just looking yeah. good, man. Yeah. Um, number five, I'm going to go a little bit outside the radar. He wasn't the most popular, the most winning, but he has a place in my heart as a Kentucky fan. I don't remember. It, I don't know if you recall this fella named Hal Mummy. Mm-hmm. So he would go for it more on fourth down than I've seen any other coach except for Lane Kiffin in recent history. Um, you know, he was there, I believe, when either Hefty Lefty was there or maybe even Tim Couch. So maybe late 90s, early 2000s. But it was always fun to watch. He was a bit of a gambler. Um, so Hal Mummy was, uh, I think he ended going on to New Mexico State or somewhere down there in the Southwest. But he was my fifth favorite college coach of all time. Who do you got for four? Okay. Number four, Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden reminds me of just the old grandpa. He just, he just, he was, he was great. I, I loved watching his interviews and his dad gummits and his, you know, he, he really did. He put together some good teams. Uh, he won some national titles. Um, it, he's everything that you really want. If I was going to pick anybody on this list for my son to go play for, mm-hmm. it would be Bobby Bowden. So. It seemed to me, and I agree with you on that, I don't have him in my top five, but he seemed like a very genuine, trusting man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you. If I sent my, my son to a, a Division I school and it was a, a list of three or four of them, he'd probably be at the top of it back in the you know late 80s or early 90s. So yeah, um, good pick. And he's a guy that you could probably sit on the porch with and have a glass of lemonade and talk just for hours and hours, just laid back is what I think of. Yep, I agree. Uh, number four is going to be a little bit of a uh, mad hatter, so to speak. We're going to go with the uh, former Oklahoma State LSU coach, Les Miles. Now, I know that he's known as a cocky, yet he's somewhat respectable on the college front ex- until he le- left uh, Kansas this last time. It didn't fare well in his last tenure. But, uh, you know, my favorite memory of him was just chewing that grass in the middle of the game. I don't know what prompted him to want to do that, but. He just seemed very confident, and his teams were, were ready to play uh, in the SEC and in the Big 12, for that matter, before he moved on to LSU. So give me less miles for number four. All right. Very very interesting pick. Um, I He's just such an asshole. I get it. I get it. <laughs> he is. I agree. Yeah, I, that's that's what I like ass. about him for some reason, which is not like me. All right. Well, this number three is not going to be a shock because he's probably an asshole too. Number three for me, Nick Saban. I mean, how can you not have Saban on the list? He's probably right. the, by the time he retires, will be the one of the winningest coaches in the history of college football, and he just puts people he puts people around him that 
he can mentor and make as good or close to as good as him. And the, the players seem to like playing for him. So I, I've got to go with Nick Saban. Okay. No, no argument there. I mean, he's hard nosed and uh, he just, he, he's the blueprint of what a coach is and has been for the last probably 20 years, 15, 20 years, ever since I remember watching him uh, first few years at Michigan state. If you can remember that far back. And I think oh, yeah. him and Izzo when on the basketball side came in at the same time about, so that's kind of cool that they uh, have built up those programs. And of course, LSU and now Alabama. So can't go wrong with those, uh, those choices so far. Number three, um, we're going to go with Wisconsin legend, Barry Alvarez. You know, he always seemed like a good guy from things I've heard interviews and, just word of mouth. Um, I wouldn't mind playing for him. Always had a potent running attack, just hard nosed. You know, he had the uh, Ron Dane and the, I can't blow my mind here, other quarter or running backs rather, but he always had the ball on the ground, just hard nosed football and, and probably cooked a hell of a Sunday gravy knowing his Italian background. So um, Barry Alvarez, my number three. All right. Number two, it's going to blow your mind. Okay. I'm ready. I'm going with Steve Spurrier. Love it. Okay, I, I'm I'm going. I'm and, and here's why. Okay, I want to win. Yeah, sure. I want my team to win. Right. I mean, he took a fudging Florida team and turned them into national champs mm-hmm. multiple times, multiple times with different styles, different quarterbacks. You know, I, I wouldn't want to be a quarterback for him. Because you're all, you're playing one minute and you're on the bench the next. Back when he was yeah. in college, and he he had a rotation of two quarterbacks all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't have blocked that. But at the end of the day, the man won, and the man loved football, and he he was hilarious. You know, I, I used to you know. Here's the thing about about Florida. I, I didn't I didn't grow up hating Florida. I grew up hating Florida fans. Because they're white trash. They crawl off under the trailer every Saturday afternoon for about four hours, and then they go back underneath the trailer when the game's over. That's just how it works, right? I, I, wow. Our, I our fan base in Gainesville is just rabid. I mean, they're going I'm, to be – I'm sure they are. You know, I, I've once said that, that the Florida Gators uh, are, are like uh, – they're like cocaine. You know, they're, they're trashy when they're poor and they're – they're exciting when they're rich, right? That, that's kind of how it works. They're classy when they're rich. So, you know, I'm going with Steve Spurrier, my number two. Well, I had him at number one, so I'm going to flip-flop my one and two just so okay. we can kind of build off each other here. So, you know, I got three words for you. I got two words and one letter, fun and gun. That was the only thing that allowed me to halfway – just partially enjoyed Florida football growing up. Always fun to want watch him run up the scoreboard on purpose, just piss yeah. other coaches off, other athletic directors. Had a legendary, unintentionally funny quotes. I mean, maybe even better quotes unintentionally than his calling offense on the field. You know, like you mentioned, he, he built some players that weren't supposed to be a, a, a lick of any talent, like a Chris Doring or a, Quezzy, Quezzy Green, or whoever, you know, smaller receivers into like NCAA top build uh, pros uh, yeah. on the next level. So he did great things with what he was given. So, and it was a fun time to watch. So 
He yeah. was my number one. I'm gonna put him down to number two. Who do you got for number one? One of my favorite quotes of him is when he somebody asked him about Tennessee, and he says, "Well, you can't spell citrus without UT." <laughs> <laughs> and there was well, something else he said one time. You know, he invented Free Shoes University. He started that. Did he? Yeah, I didn't know that came yeah. from him. Okay, during a during an interview he did. So one, one of the quotes that I, that some of our viewer listener viewers that were close to us. Remember, and I, I say it this day, there, he was in the Reds. Well, this is not when he was at Florida. He was coaching the Redskins for that short amount of time. And uh, there was some sort of controversy that came up. And uh, they were playing a game overseas, I want to say, over in Japan. And uh, the, all, he, all he said was, all I can say is, see you in Osaka. <laughs> that's all he said i, I mean i i gotta get i gotta pull that somehow and, uh, and, look at that. he yeah. he got a raw deal with the redskins but i i really i think i think he's a great coach and, and uh really like him. yeah man i agree I'm, so i think i'm surprised you had him and i'm sure likewise so since i'm oh, not yeah. the biggest quarterbacker and likewise but um so that being said who do you got for number one all right everybody's gonna guess this one number one i've been watching this Man coach since I was a little child. My number one is going to be Lou Holtz. You host? I, I will pause there. Lou Holtz. Yes. Lou Holtz was the Arkansas coach back when I was a kid. Right. And right. he went to Minnesota, and then he went to Notre Dame, and he become a legend at Notre Dame You know, with all the players he was recruiting. If you ever go back, and, and they're, they're on the internet, you can find them probably on YouTube as well. Lou Holtz speeches at Notre Dame. They will make you want to run through a wall. They are hmm. they are, they are unbelievably good. Like I've got one saved on my on my phone. Hmm. Uh, when I when I need a, a jolt, I'll listen to it. He he just he's just a great great coach. He seems to be a great individual. You know he got a little feathering problem, but you know that's okay. I, I, I love still that. like him. My, my number one is Lou Holtz. Good call. I you know he crossed my mind, but more of a and I, I know it's going to sound bad, more of an entertainment more than yeah. inspirational. So it, him and Mark May, after his coaching career, they they were like the worst. I think they did the late night recap of the games and they just went back and forth. It was terrible chemistry, but it was just so funny to listen to him get all pissed off. And um, I still hate Mark May to this day. I cannot stand him. Can't yeah, stand that son of a bitch. I don't know what happened to him, but good riddance. No. Yeah, God forbid he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, let's back that. Let's back that. Yeah, let's. Up. <laughs> we're gonna edit that. Um, my number one couldn't be, from what I understand, a nicer, more uh, humane person, and this is Kansas State's Bill Snyder. Now, on top of being a nice guy from the interviews and stories that I've heard, the damn stadium is named after him. It's the Bill Snyder Family. Blah, 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 blah. You know, seemed to always lead a nasty running game. Option right, option left. My favorite yep. year with him coaching was with Michael Bishop and Darren Sproles. I want to say late '90s, early 2000s. He just seemed like he was the pro the persistent coach um, and uh, just a professional through and through. So um, I really enjoyed my time watching him on the sidelines. He really never got pissy. He just seemed like he was a, a consummate professional. So Bill Snyder yep. for me. Yeah, he, he, he tad boring. A yeah, tad boring. Yeah, but but nonetheless, I mean, he he took nothing in Kansas State and made them relevant for a few years. So I can see that. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it. You get Oklahoma taking their players, Texas taking their players, Nebraska taking their players. He's the redheaded stepchild getting the leftovers at Kansas State. So, yep. you know, he did well with what he had. So um, that is our list for this week. Again, we uh, like to switch it up and do a little something different every week, take top five of this or that. So hope you enjoy that. Um, next thing we're going to move on to is Heisman. So, again, we're getting to the meat of the year where Heisman, you know, stats are important. Games missed are important as well. Yes. So, you know, give me what you think is, is has your – I call them the big three, the, the three main quarterbacks. Have, has it changed for you, and is there a long shot you want to throw into play here? I think there are two long shots that we could be looking at. The first long shot is going to be Jalen Daniels in Kansas. He continues to put up good numbers. Um, one could make an argument – although a bad one for Holly Robinson, Pete over there in UCLA. Um, I've watched him play four or five times this year. He looks good, but his team won't hold up in the end. Um, Holly so, Robinson, Pete. Yeah. Dumb it uh, down for the me. quarterback in UCLA. Caleb um, Williams. Yeah. No, UCLA. Oh, I'm sorry. DR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bell Bib DeVoe, whatever his Bell name Bib is. Bell Bib DeVoe. Now you know. Yo, Steph. Yeah. But, but um, I think – I think the dark horse that can win it is Will Anderson Jr. at Alabama. See, really? here's, here's my take. Okay. Yes, here's my take on that. We we talked about defensive players last week winning the Heisman. If Alabama wins the national title and Bryce Young just puts up mediocre numbers, if he even gets to play anymore this year, well, let's say this. If he doesn't play anymore, there's, anymore this year, the backup quarterback for Alabama is a shit show. I mean, you might as well roll me out there at this point because he he looked horrible. He looked out of pace, out of control. He didn't right. know what the plays were. You could just tell he is not the future going forward. Um, but if Alabama can get Bryce Young back and he can steer them towards uh, a playoff berth and, Will, and the defense steps up, Will Anderson Jr. is going to be standing there holding some hardware because they can't give it to the quarterback this year. And they don't have a receiver that stepped up through five games. They're going to have to lean on defense, and he's going to be standing there with a gift from Bryce Young. So those are the two that, that I really that I think have a shot at it. So other than that, it's the main the, – the big three, as I've been calling them, the three quarterbacks, Caleb, Bryce, and uh, CJ. I mean – Yeah, I, I, well, I don't think uh, – I don't think Bryce Young can get it now. Okay. I don't think he'll get it. Um, I haven't really been that impressed with the other two, to be honest mm. with you. I mean, yeah, they're putting up gaudy numbers, mm -hmm. but it's not like some of the other quarterbacks are that in typical years get the attention. Right. You know, like like Baker Mayfield when he won the Heisman. That's all they talked about all year long. He just just every week put up huge numbers. Right. Nobody's even talking about those two. Yeah, really and truly, it's like assumed that those numbers are going to be there. You know, the three hundred yeah. passing, the three touchdowns. It's assumed, and uh, one thing that caught my eye that I didn't realize until doing some research this week is that you know I know Kansas is again victorious. They beat Iowa State. They're now five and zero. Oh, but Jalen Daniels only threw for ninety three yards, zero touchdowns, and only ran for nine nine yards and had a touchdown rushing, but. Yep. 
you know, they look at stats as much as we, you know, I'm a big stat head, but as much as it shouldn't be done and maybe the leadership part of it uh, as part of being the Heisman, the best player, you know, that, that takes into account for a lot as a stat. So maybe that brought his chances a little bit down as an underdog, in my opinion. I would agree. But if Kansas can run off a nine win season, I mean, they'll, they'll be yeah. naming the state. They'll be changing the name of the state to Jalen Daniels. I mean, yeah, they've never had that before. So, yeah. And so with Bryce Young out, I, I thought of two names that popped up until they play each other, then they're going to be, it's funny how if you're on the potent team, the team that's consistent in winning, you're relevant in the Heisman talk. And that's yep. either Hendon Hooker or uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, yep. until Georgia and Tennessee play, they're going to be in conversations of, you know, the top three or four um, to course. get to New York in December. One player that I thought was very interesting that has stepped up this past week and it's Trayvon Henderson's backup at Ohio State at running back, and that's Mayan Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he threw up five touchdowns. I know they played like we always call Sisters of the Poor, a.k.a. Rutgers, and obliterated them. But that's – I mean, we'll see if he can continue that. But the Ohio State running back is not one to be, you know, thrown to the, the wayside when it comes to Heisman. So you've got a lot of uh, history with the, you know, the Eddie Georges and – and running backs at that uh, Maurice Clorment or whatever his name is, Clorette? Clorette, Clorette yeah, Captain Prince. Yeah, so I, look out for him. I haven't seen him on any odds for him yet, but if he has another good week, I think Henderson's out. Mayan Williams might be one to throw a buck on it um, when it all comes down to if Ohio State continues to do well and C.J. Stroud just has a you know mediocre to above average year. I mean, I wonder, is he available in fantasy? He is not. Trust me. Before I did this, I made sure that I went to the waiver wire. He was drafted, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think he got Good for whoever drafted him. Yeah. Yeah. I think going into the season, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they were going to be co-running back. I remember hearing that name, didn't know anything about him. That's stupid as shit. I hate that. Yeah. You're 50-50 on that. So. So let's switch over to something I really don't want to talk about. We have to. It's just part of uh, our structure, our, our weekly podcast, and that's our fantasy league results for the college league. Oh. So um, as I've boasted and, and almost to a point bragged about, I, I've been the only one to, to go without a loss until this week. So why don't you fill us in on what happened this past week? Well, who did you play, Jeff? I happen to play this team called Triple Homicide 81. I haven't the foggiest oh of who they are. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me fill you in. Um, it, before we even go down the route of of it was me. We all know it was me. There's there's two teams in this league that are four and one, and I'd beat both of them. So I'm going to walk in here like king king nothing at this point and, and proclaim my crown. Hmm. Um and before we get started on what happened, you're going to claim that SMU didn't play. So you're, you didn't gain points. Well, let me ask you this. Did Ric yeah. Flair care how he won? No. Did Mike <laughs> Tyson care how he won? No. Did Ike Turner care how he won? No, he didn't. And neither does Jason O'Dell. So we don't care how we won. We put up 204 on 178. And that's, that's how it works this week. You know, it's funny how... SMU, my two big guns, my Tanner Mordecai and his receiver, I'm blanking on it, uh, 
Bryce. You know, they postponed the game to Sunday. Then they postponed it to now tomorrow, which is Wednesday of this week, stats counting this new week. So those are two big guns that may have accounted for close to 60 points. Then Muhammad Ibrahim goes out. He was a late scratch. He's good for at least 25 to 30. So I'm going to leave it there, but I'm also going to say congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I I, I wouldn't have bet on it. Um, yeah. Before the weekend started. And again, I left 130 points on the bench. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I left immediately so, 100 on the bench. So, but uh, yeah, so we have no more undefeated teams. We have three, four, and one teams. You stand at three and two, and then uh, the rest of the pack. We get an 0 and 5 Yelligator. If you're listening, you know who you are, buddy. So anything uh, of any note that you – I mean, who, who did well real quick, then we'll move on for you. I'm just looking through here. You know DJ. what? Nobody did really well. Um, yeah. DJ Guglia, he put up 33 points, and I watched that game. He oh. he looked pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, other than that, Charlotte was UCLA. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young spent all his time in the tent. So – you know, I think it's funny these these players. You know, they, they go to the tent and 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 I'm sitting there thinking, oh, he'll come out, he'll be all right. And right. I think it was him that I saw the trainer running and run out with his helmet, and I was like, no, he he's you know, done. Right. He ain't all right. He right. ain't playing the rest of this game. So I always watch the trainer running away with the helmet to let me know how yeah. my, my guy's doing. But that's a key sign, I guess. So. Let's move on to our fantasy players and teams, uh, most and least impressive. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple of players that caught my eye, not necessarily yeah. on my team, but just players that are just doing well this past year and um, not necessarily for the season. And, and tell me where what I missed and maybe if you disagree. First and foremost, TCU quarterback Max Dugan. This guy's been here for ages. I mean, at least for, I think, maybe five years, off and on a starter. Finally had a breakout game. I don't think he's done well before this game. Uh, Threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, which I always try to stress because that ratio is very important for a team win. And then two touchdowns and 116 on the ground. So five total touchdowns accounted for and a big one for TCU. Uh, the Kansas State backfield, this has come out of nowhere, not, not necessarily Deuce Vaughn, the running back part, but Taylor, excuse me, Adrian Martinez. They, you know, Adrian rushed for three touchdowns in 171. Deuce ran for 170 yards, so they just pranced all over the place and another victory for K-State. Two more players I noticed. Eastern Carolina, another guy that's been there for ages, quarterback Colton Aylers, threw up 465, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. And Arizona quarterback Jaden DeLora threw up 484, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So I need to make sure that all those guys are are mentioned in this. Um, Was there anything that caught your eye that uh, was maybe equally or better than that? You know what? There's somebody on your team that that I've watched – here recently, and that's Austin Reed of Western Kentucky. This cat's yeah. averaging forty points a game, um, and he's just going to continue with with the schedule that he has lined up. He's just going to continue to put up points, and that's somebody that that we haven't really talked about. Although it didn't help you last week, 
you know, yeah. it's really good to mention him and get him in the get him in the mix of the show. And if I'm not mistaken, he targets your wide receiver. I, it's Davion Davis, I want to say. Yep. So him throwing to your guy is not helping me. You get more points for <laughs> receiving touchdowns than I get for passing touchdowns. So that was a lost yeah. cause. Maybe I should have restructured my starting lineup a little bit different. Um, yeah, so I agree. He, he's 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 not had as good of a year as I thought in that Western Kentucky shoot him up offense, but um, he's he's only a freshman, I think. So he he's actually from down here in St. Augustine. Really? We yeah, we mentioned that I believe in the, uh, the preseason kind of fantasy extravaganza uh, ranking. So um, least impressive for me. I've got it. Unfortunately, it's one of my guys, Central Michigan running back, who's normally so reliable, Lou Nichols, 18 carries, 32 yards, zero touchdowns, and they lost. Uh, Central Michigan is not a good ball club, so that's one guy that stuck out to me. And normally I don't like to highlight teams, but Wagner, the Wagner Seahawks, 0-4 now. Oh, shit. Outgained 50 yards to 631 yards versus Syracuse. That's almost five, that's 580 yards more. Only four first downs and a 59 to zip beatdown. So I think Wagner is FBS or FCS, whatever the secondary division is, but that was just incredible to look at that. I had to look at the stats when I saw the score. So yeah, those are the least impressive in my, anybody else you noticed that kind of gave you a stink eye? The only other, the only other thing that I, or person I can think of is, you know, we we hyped up pretty big in the pre-show is Ulysses Bentley, for yeah. Ole Miss, and right. he's only scored thirty points all season long. He's battled some injuries, and I, I believe he's broke his wrist. Um, but you know, we both had very high hopes for him, and yeah. and he he hadn't done anything. So, you know, watching the Kentucky Ole Miss game, and that was a hell of a game, hell of an ending. I, I happened to catch a spot where um, I can't forget the I can't pronounce the last name of the starting running back for Ole Miss, and he was huddled up there on the bench after they had scored next to Mr. Bentley with no pads on, just his jersey. And I'm thinking, I bet Odell's just loving seeing his guy on the bench. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a tale to take for Mr. Bentley this year. I think he's uh, going to hold out until next year. Hey, who knows? It might transfer again. You never know. So. Probably will. Um, let's shift. And I want to mention two other things before we go to this week's slate of games that I noticed. I don't know if you know, there's a plethora year after year of, it seems like it's more and more players, sons of players that are in the uh, college ranks that are widely popular when we were growing up in the NFL. And two caught my eye. I don't, wasn't sure if you're aware of this. There's a guy named Moose Muhammad, a wide receiver from Texas A&M. Do you know who's his dad? Moose Muhammad? No, I don't. Mushin Muhammad. Do you remember the Carolina Panthers run, a wide receiver? Mushin Muhammad, number eighty-seven. Yeah, back, I'm, yeah, yeah, he was solid yeah. wide receiver. So that's his dad. And okay. then uh, Jalen. Oh, what did I have? Uh, Kitna, uh, yes. quarterback for Florida. Backup quarterback is yes. John Kitna's son. So I saw that. I did yeah, those that. two. Kind of caught my eye and uh, made me take a second look at that. So um, let's look ahead before we get into our wagers from last week and this week. Let's look at this week's slate of games. Um, what did you have highlighted of what you're looking forward to seeing or what intrigues you? 
You know, at noon, there are two games that really jump out. One is Tennessee at LSU. I think that's going to be going to be a hell of a game. Um, Tennessee looks like they have the players. It looks like they finally have a decent coach, and they're battling LSU, who didn't start off too hot, but have, have gotten better and better. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good game. Also at noon is Texas-Oklahoma. While neither one of those teams are very good, it's always fun to watch. Something right. always happens. Um, whoever you think is going to win is not going to win. Um, typically how it works. Yeah. Um, and at 730, there's two good games on that I'm looking forward to watching as well. as um, Texas A&M at Alabama and uh, FSU at NC State. I think those will both be really good games, at least for the first half of Alabama. Uh, but if Alabama don't roll Bryce Young out there, I'm telling you, their offense ain't that good. It might so be in that, trouble. Yeah, that could be uh, facing some trouble. Yeah, steady running game with Jameer Gibbs. If that's the case, if uh, this backup, I, which I can't even think of his name, I, I read it uh, looking at stats because he was in there last week. Um, you know, we're going to start early for my choices tomorrow night. Redemption from this past weekend. SMU is still hanging out there in Mickey Mouse land out in Orlando. <laughs> so we're going to watch 7 p.m. ESPN2. Let's try this again. Let's restart my boys, my, my QB to wide receiver uh, tandem. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching that little Wednesday night football. Um, okay. You know, again, already rescheduled twice because of Hurricane Ian came through uh, Central Florida. And Did they havoc. both have buys this week or something? Is that how they could do that? I don't because know. Because they can't I, play Wednesday and then turn around and play Saturday. That must be the case. I can't imagine them turning around and playing three days later. That just that doesn't happen. I mean, I, that barely even happens on a JV varsity level. So, yeah, I have to look at that. That's a good point. I, I've been, I was assuming so. Uh, the next game, I can't believe I'm saying this, but game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, for maybe the first time, if not a long time. Uh, TCU is coming into town. It's going to be, I mean, record-wise, and from what Max Duggan and the TCU offense is doing, uh, Gary Patterson's got a good team uh, coming into to Lawrence, so we'll see if Jaden Daniels can step it up. That's a noon kick on Fox Sports 1. And then we're going to head over to Ames, Iowa State. Am I getting that right, Ames? Yeah, Iowa City. Iowa. Okay, I was in Iowa City. Anyway, wherever Iowa State plays, Kansas State's headed into Iowa State. Iowa State's had a little shaky season. Um, that's 7.30 p.m. kick, ESPNU. K-State, uh, Martinez has just found a, a, a new beginning in, in uh, the big little apple in Manhattan. Well, my so, God, he should. He's been playing since 1998. Yeah. <laughs> that guy has been around forever. Yes, he has. So those are a few games we're looking forward to uh, watching and at least – eyeball on the scoreboard to see our uh, fantasy players, how they vote for us. So no f longer you have to wait. You are here for one purpose. You're here to, to hear Odell's check the box segment, which is who you got. As a reminder, each of us has been allotted with a thousand dollar fake bankroll before the season started. The one of us with the largest remaining bankroll at the end of the season takes the other one's $20 bill. If not more, we will place wagers on the following. One money line underdog, a spread pick, a parlay, a teaser, and an NFL money line underdog only choice. 
So without further ado, give me a recap of how you did last week. Well, Jeff, we're checking boxes and banging foxes. That's what we're doing over here. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is what we're doing at my house. Hyped up and ready to go. <laughs> so we started off last week with 1906, starting with a thousand. We've already rented up nine, $906. I said, you know what, America? Take Clemson minus six and a half. We're going to put 110 and win the 100. Check the box. I said, America, look at the unit on this one. We're going to put 55 to win 86 on Texas A&M money line. I was right. I should have did it. Minus 80. I'm sorry. Minus 55. I said, America, I really like my parlay. We're going to go $44 to win 256 on Wake Forest plus seven. Clemson minus six and a half and Michigan minus 10 and a half. Check the box plus 256. We're going to put 55 to win 148 on Oklahoma minus one. We hit Clemson. We hit Michigan. Oklahoma screwed me, as they always do every season. When you put money on Oklahoma, you're bound to lose it. So minus 55 there. For some reason, I took Miami. Didn't think Tua was going to end up in a pine box in the first quarter. That son bitch got rocked, and his night was over early. A bunch of people got fired. He might not play for two more weeks. Hmm. Um, while they have a, a, a concussion protocol, if you pass it and can't get back in the game, I do not know. Yeah. He's going to be rich either way. So minus 55 there. Started at 1906, ended at $2,097. We will take it all day long. What say you, sir? Well, we started at a measly 30, uh, 379 and 80 cents. I got to add anything I can. Uh, we started out with Washington, the Thursday night game, minus three at UCLA. You prevailed, unfortunately, and that will, we'll talk about that one in just a moment. I lost 50. Uh, next one, we, we kind of hit one. Uh, you know, Illinois has been playing pretty good ball, you know, behind their running back, Chase Brown, as I've mentioned a few times this, this season. Uh, they were a plus 230 money line going into Wisconsin. Wisconsin, as we know, uh, has not been playing typical Wisconsin ball, so Illinois did upset them. So I hit uh, 30 to win 69 on that one. Um, my parlay, Texas Tech plus eight, Minnesota minus 12 and a half, Oklahoma State money line did not prevail. I lost 20 on that. The teaser, Arkansas State minus one, Ole Miss pick them, Clemson pick them, Oklahoma minus one. Obviously lost that. So that's another $25 negative. We did hit Tennessee. So 50 to win 75. Uh, Tennessee was plus 150 on the road at Indianapolis. We rode the dead armadillo tail of one Mr. Derrick Henry all the way to the bank. So we started at 379.80 and we're at 428.80. So we increased wow. a good $50 or so. We'll take so, it. So uh, much, not much place to go but up from this point. So side bet Saturday, uh, we broke even. So you yep. had, excuse me, you started off the season or this week at uh, 10 units plus 10 units or ten dollars yeah um you hit nope i take that back i hit the first one mississippi state minus three and a half so i was down to uh-huh. odell at five um then you took minus 11 with michigan they hit it you're back up to plus 10 side bet saturday thursday night i'm i think i'm done with doing thursday night games you hit ucla plus three uh, after washington's a proven team so far you're back up to 15 and finally, I came back and hit Tennessee 
plus three on the road at Indianapolis. So I got it down to Odell plus 10. So we broke even when it's all said and done. So that being said, who you got for this week, college week six? America, this week's really, really easy. This is one of those weeks to where you don't throw a lot of money out there because the spreads are really, really big. And there's just a lot of lopsided games out there. So we're going to put 55 to win 50 to win 50 on Arkansas plus eight. Eight's a big number for that, for that game. Quite frankly, I'm not really proven on Mississippi state. Hadn't seen them do anything that I really care for. So we're going to take them. We're going to take Arkansas again, 33 to win 80 to win that game outright. Arkansas. Yes, they have been through the the ringer, but they've played Alabama. They played a a close one at Texas A&M. They looked good earlier in the season. I think Jefferson will be back. So we'll, we'll put a little gamble out there and, and, and try to get Arkansas some, some positive mojo. Um, we're going to put on a parlay 55 to win 148. We're going to take Texas minus seven, Tennessee minus three. Texas is better than Oklahoma. They're a better team than Oklahoma, and they should win that game by more than seven. Um, Tennessee – we, we've talked about them, I think, every week. They, they continue to look good. They haven't really played anybody except Florida. But I'm going to take them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with them. We're going to put 44 to win 66 on a teaser. Texas minus one, going back to Texas. Actually, it'd be Texas to pick them. Michigan minus 15. We're gonna t- this is a seven-point teaser, and we're going to take Ohio State minus 19 and a half. That'll be 44 to win 66. And then lastly, for our pro money line game, I got to go 44 to win win 64 with the Bengals. Um, there, there is nothing out there that says, take me the underdog this week in NFL. Agreed. The spreads are way too big, so I'm going to roll with the Bengals. I agree with that. It was tough for me to pick mine. So totally agree with those sentiments. Um, for my spread pick, we're going to go – I'm going to ride this Ohio State train. I mean, everybody's enjoying the the, the, the riches that they're providing, so let, why not me? Even though it's 26 and a half, let's hang it up there. $50 to win 46. Let's head down to Lawrence. I, I like Kansas. I can't believe they are an underdog to TCU. Uh, so Kansas money line plus 225, $55 to win 126. Um, my parlay will be USC. I haven't really ridden USC that much this year. So minus 13, and we're going to parlay that with Alabama minus 24. I don't think AM is anywhere near what Jimbo is traditionally known for and the kind of winning team he has. He has not looked very well this year. I think Alabama does well at home. Despite Bryce Young uh, being questionable, um, I think their their uh, their defense comes to play and shuts down the the weak Texas A&M offense. So anyway, I'm betting 37 to win 96 on that two game parlay. My teaser, we're going to go at six points. For some reason, this game caught my eye. James Madison has been putting up a lot of points. I believe they're playing Oklahoma. Excuse me, Arkansas State. So we're going to tease it down to over 49 and a half. I'm going against the grain with Iowa, Illinois has been playing. They put up a lot of points every game. And last year, this went well over the, the total that they're giving us this year. 
So I'm teasing that down to over 29 and a half. They're bound to score with that. I would say Illinois alone, dare I say that. Texas and Oklahoma, no matter who the favorite is, no matter who's the point spread, who, which favorite, take the over. I'm teasing the over 59 and a half. So that three-game teaser, 55 to win 99. The only one besides the Bengals, which actually did catch my eye, is the Cardinals at home. Um, I think they're playing Philly, if I'm not mistaken. So coming across the country, give me the money line plus 190. So that's $25 to win $48. So I ask you, sir, side bet Saturday, anything tickle your fancy there? Well, yeah, there, there's a couple that jump out there. All right. Let's see what I can um, do for you. I'll take TCU. Okay. So let's take I think a look. Kansas, as much as I hate to say it, and, and I'm rooting, I, I, I like the underdog. Mm-hmm. TCU's look tough. Mm-hmm. I think TCU rolls into Kansas and puts a, a waylay on them. You think now it's seven points. So it'd be minus seven. You, uh, you good for that? You know what? I'm up 10. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I'm good for five bucks if that's fine with you. Yep. And I think the other one I'll take is I'll I'll gladly take Alabama on the minus twenty-four. I want the other end of that. I want Texas A and him plus twenty-four. All right. Let me key this in and uh take a look and it's, see what else and I'm, I'm uh, taking that because I don't think Bryce Young's gonna play. Good point. At least good not strategy. For and that uh that spread will 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 plummet once that's announced if Saban shows his cards, which he's not been known to do. So don't be surprised if he doesn't announce it until the last minute. So um, give me just one second here. You said uh, the first game was TCU minus seven. Yep. Um, The next game, remind me again, is Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Texas A&M. No, Texas A&M, Odell. Yep. And you're taking plus 24 on that. Yep. All right. And did we have another one you said? No, that's it. That's that's the only one I see on yours that I'm let's take a look at yours real quick. Again, always organically. I'm gonna get some shirts that say that for you. Um Arkansas plus eight. Interesting. Let me jump over to that. Who are they playing again? Remind me. Mississippi State. That's a lot of points. That's a good mm. call. I, I don't like that at all. Um, I'd be donating. I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, nope. Other than that, I think – who's Michigan got? Who the hell are they playing here? Let's see. I could have, Oh, Indiana. Oh, you know what? I have it at plus 22. Which yeah, you had what a, you're looking at is a, a teaser, seven point teaser. Ah, uh, so well, right, right, right. So yeah. uh, I think I'll take Indiana plus twenty two if you're game for that. Well, of course you would. Uh, if I, if, I, if I wanted if I wanted Michigan at minus twenty two, I'd put them up there with my spread pick. But I right, you wouldn't have teased it, right? I would have teased it. It's too much. Uh, just give me an option from my point no, of view. You, please like don't don't feel like you have to be bullied into I mean, this. I'll give you Michigan in 22 if you want to do that. Oh no, sir. No, sir. We don't feel <laughs> confident about the Wolverines. Indiana's uh, you know, before their setback last week, they're they've dare I say been playing pretty good ball so far. So I'm kind of yeah. 
I think a home game in Bloomington might uh, do Michigan in not a loss, but you know, a pretty close seven to ten point game. So uh, well, yeah, let's hope not. Let's let's hope for Penn State's sake that mm-hmm. Michigan just rolls and they look at Penn State and say, nah, we got you guys too." And Penn mm-hmm. State's got the weekend. We got the weekend off. They got two weeks to prepare. Right. And we're going to roll into and roll into Wolverine Land and put a put a big L right there on the Big M. So could Michigan be looking ahead? Maybe. No. No. I don't think I don't think they care too much about Penn State. Okay. So we have just two side bets, which is fine and dandy with me. That'll give me a chance to tie it up for the season or to be down by fifteen or twenty. So that is it for wagers, unless anything uh, of uh, note of interest you have to mention? No, I'm good. I'm good. That leaves us with the world-famous Odell's final subject of the pod. Please help us out with your fucktard. This is an easy one. It it really is. I I have seen – I keep seeing these these news news clips come across, and it, it really struck me sideways. You know, a, a man that plays pro sports, there comes a time in his life that where he just can't do it anymore. It, it's the same with all of our jobs. There, there's going to be a day where we wake up and we we just can't do our job anymore. And they give us a, a lesser job, whether it's shoveling less shit or selling used cars or whatever it may be that we're doing. We're going to do less of that and at a different level. Tom Brady is the guy who is defied the odds. And his wife is a huge bitch. She is, she is this week's fucked hard. You know, because the man wants to play an, an extra year of football, she's going to divorce his ass. Well, I say fuck you because the only person really wanting to see a 42 year old model is another 42 year old model. That's it. So she's past her prime. She can't do what she wants to do. And she wants him to quit doing what he loves to do and only has one more year left to do it. So for that, I say, Giselle, you're a fucked hard. So for Jason Osho Odell, I am once again, your co-host Jeff Cox, wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors. And as always, good luck. Good boxing. Hey, folks, thank you again so much for listening to our podcast. Please help us out and go to Apple Podcast to rate and review our show. Don't forget to check out the video feed of each show on YouTube at Giving the Points. And as a reminder, you can always follow our season-long wagering contest progress on Twitter at Giving the Points. Thank you for your support.